You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. We've been doing a, a series on looking at what Paul called the, the armour of God. And uh, he's been chained next to a, a Roman soldier and day in and day out he, he sees the armour that the soldier's wearing and we've been working through. He, he, he wanted to apply that to the Christian. And so he talks about the different pieces of the armour. And we've looked at three pieces so far. So just a bit of a review. There's the, the Roman soldier in his full attire. But we've been looking at just some of the things. First of all, we saw the belt. The belt tied around his waist. A very essential part of the armour for the soldier. That belt needs to be tight, it needs to be firm. Uh, he knows that when that belt's tight that he'll be able to operate. And Paul called it the belt of truth. And we looked at, when we looked at that, that truth is the essential part for the Christian's life. That we can't be somebody else. The only person you can be and the only person I can be is yourself. I can only be Neil. I can't be Steve. I can't be somebody else. I've got to be me. And you've got to be you. And so when you are truthful for yourself, truthful to those around you, and truthful of God, God then can use you. And we looked at the belt that we fasten. Jesus said, I am the truth. And we fasten on Jesus. And because of that, we know the truth, that we are saved, that we have been adopted into his family, and all, that go, and all the other things that we looked at. Then we moved on to the breastplate, the big breastplate that the Roman soldier wore, preserved everything all the essential organs. And Paul said, as a Christian, we need to put on that breastplate, and he called it the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, we know who we are because of the truth, and we have been made righteous, and we need to keep that in our hearts, and we protect that. Righteousness, righteousness means upright, that we are people who stand up, and we can uh, practice what we preach, that people can look at us knowing that we are fair dinkum about who we are in Christ. And then we looked at the shoes. And Paul said, you've got to put on the shoes. The Roman soldier wouldn't go into battle without his shoes. And as he's got his shoes on, he's got spikes under those shoes that keep him um, stable in um, unlevel ground. And he knows that he can stand firm. And Paul says, now you've got to put on the shoes by faith. And we'll be talking about faith this morning. have got to put the shoes on so that we can spread the gospel of peace. You know, we can't go out there and share the gospel if we don't know what the gospel of peace is in here. And we looked at two things when we looked at the shoes. We saw that we have peace with God because Jesus has paid the price. He has, um, he, he has paid the price of sin, of your sin and my sin. So now we have peace with God. That barrier that came in when sin came into the world has now been broken down. And because of that, because of that peace, we now have peace of God. So we can go out facing anything that comes against us and we've got that peace. Jesus said we've got to be the salt of the earth and the light in the world. How can we be the salt? How can we be the light? How can we bring the peace unless we've got it in here? So we need to put on the shoes for spreading the gospel of peace. And now we're going to move on to the next piece of armour. And that is the shield. Now there were two types of shield. Uh, shields that the, that the Roman soldiers had. This is the ceremonial shield. 
This is not the one Paul is talking about. This is the one that the soldier used when he lined up in parades. When he had special ceremonies, he would carry that shield. As you can see, it's, it's nice, it's, it's got beautiful things all over it, and it's great for that type of thing. Useless for battle. But let me come in here and say this. There are people within the life of the church who pick up that shield and not the shield that Paul was talking about. You see, it's easy to have faith in church. You know, we can talk big. You know, when temptation comes, I'm going to be victorious, it's going to be great because we've got everyone around us supporting us. But when we get out there and when the real temptation comes, how do we stand up? And if we've got this shield, we're going to fail. Let me use an illustration from the Bible. Peter, I, I love Peter. Peter is a, a down-to-earth, practical guy. But the trouble with Peter is he had a disease. And that disease was called foot and mouth. That's what I call it. Open his mouth and always put his foot in it. And you remember, remember the time when, when Jesus came to the disciples it's near the end of his life and he said, I'm going down to Jerusalem I'm going to be taken, I'm going to be killed, but guess what, I'm going to rise again the third day. What did Peter do? He came to Jesus, he said, Jesus, I will even die for you. And Peter said, you are going to, you are going to deny me three times. And Peter said, no way, I'm not going to deny you. And when the time of testing came, he took up that shield and he failed because he didn't have the proper shield. So Paul was talking about this shield. They used to call it the door shield. <clears throat> the reason for that is because it's so big. And the Roman soldier could get right behind the shield for protection. I saw some pictures of Roman soldiers. They're very interesting when they were going into battle, especially if they were in a, in a, in a great big group as, as an army. The ones in the front would hold the shield up and get behind it. The soldiers behind, some of them would put it above them, others down the side. So when they came to a walled city to take it, there are the soldiers up, up there throwing spears and, and firing arrows, but all they're hitting is the shields because the soldiers are completely and totally protected. The door shield. It was made of around four or five animal skins and, and woven tightly together. And all the commentaries I looked up, they said when they, when they did that, it became as strong as iron. And then they bound it with leather to hold it all together. And there were two things that the Roman soldier had to do each day. Well, one they had to do every day, another one when they went into battle. Every day they had to get oil and rub it into the shield, into the leather. Every day. They had to rub that oil in, rub the oil in, to keep it moist, to keep it so it could move. If they failed to do that, it would dry out, would become brittle and even break. So they had to put the oil on it. And when they came into battle, this was a fascinating thing, they would soak the shield in water. They would drench it, they would saturate it in water. And then they would take it up and as they go into battle... They were ready because there was a new weapon. 
that the soldiers of the day discovered. A new weapon. It wasn't a, wasn't a cannon, it wasn't a gun. But they discovered that if they put tar, tar, substance like tar, on the end of their spears and then the arrows, and then they lit it, it would cause more damage. And so these fiery arrows would come. But because the shield was drenched in water, it would quench it straight away. Hence Paul says, take up the shield so it might quench the fiery arrows aimed at you. So they had to, to do that. But let's think about that. Paul called it the shield of faith. The shield of faith. We exercise faith every single day and don't even think about it. Let me give you a couple of examples. When you want to watch TV, you get the remote control and you hit the on button. If you want to watch Channel 7, you hit Channel 7. Boom. And guess what? Channel 10 comes up? No. Not if your TV's been tuned in properly. Channel 7 will come up. You don't think about it. You don't sit there and say, I really, really hope this is going to work. Here we go, let's see. No, you just go, boom. Don't like that channel, hit another button, another channel. That's faith in action. And you do it every day and don't even think about it. Paul says, or the, the author of Hebrews, we think it's Paul, talks about faith. He says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, we know it's going to work, but we can't see it. You know, I, I can't see the, the radio waves or TV waves coming through from the booster stations to my area or to come down into my TV. I just know it's going to work. I'm not a motor mechanic. But I do know that I've got to put petrol in the tank and not water. It'd be good if we could only put water in it, it would be very cheap. But you put petrol in. Now, I know that if I've got petrol in the car, I'm going to put the key in the ignition and turn it and the car will start. I don't sit there saying, oh gee, I really hope this time it's going to work. I used to have a car like that, but nowadays we don't have cars like that. You sit there and you just do it automatically. That's faith. And so when it comes to, to Jesus, we exercise that faith. So when we put the belt on truth on and we've asked Jesus to forgive us and to cleanse us, we know now he lives inside us. We've put the breastplate on, we know we are righteous in God's sight. We've got the shoes on so we know we've got peace. Now we've got the shield, which is faith, to go forward into battle. Vital equipment. Let's think about faith. This is the first thing I want us to think about. Faith is knowing because we know, because we know, because we know, because we know. Okay, and I can stand here for the next two to three months saying we know because we know because we know because that's what faith is. It's not hoping, it's not thinking, is it going to work? Faith is knowing. And faith is knowing that God will never leave us. That's important. Because we're going to have days and circumstances when, when things happen and the enemy's going to come and think and, and try and put in your mind, see, God doesn't love you anymore, he's left you. You know, sickness may come. You might go through, through grief or, or whatever. We know God is there. And Jesus said to 
the disciples, I will never leave you comfortless. I will always be there. He was going to go away. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, in my father's house. And he said, I'm going to go away. And the disciples said, what am I going to do? And Jesus said, it's okay. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit and he's going to be with you. He's going to be in you. He's going to guide you. So we need to know that. The second thing that we need to know is knowing that God is there to protect us. The reference up there, what shall we say then if, to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? But you see, the enemy is crafty. And he's going to try and get other thoughts into our minds. And we'll be looking at that in a moment. But faith is knowing that God is there to protect us. Faith, okay, I just want you to look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. Take note of that. These services are being recorded so you can get a copy of it. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verses 11 to 18 is a fascinating story. And it's a story of God's protection. The king of Syria is coming against the king of Israel. And he's making plans, private plans with his soldiers. But when he comes to the battlefield, the Israelites know what he's doing and avoid that ambush or whatever. And the king got so desperate, he called his men together and he said, we've got spies in the camp. Somebody is passing the information on. But one of the soldiers said, no, that's not happening. What's happening is that there's a man of God in the Israelite camp. His name is Elisha. And his God is telling him what you are telling us here. And he's telling the king of Israel so they are prepared. So they said, okay, let's go down and get Elisha. So in the night time, they all come down, the whole army, and they surround Elisha's house. Fascinating story. In the morning, the servant of Elisha comes. He must open the window or something. And he sees all the soldiers. And he's petrified. And he comes back to Elisha and says, well, what do we do? What do we do? Look at the soldiers. And Elisha knows that his God is going to protect him. And so he says to God, he says, God, open his eyes. And the servant looks again and this time he sees the soldiers but behind him all these angels on firing horses ready to say, make my day. God had protected them. And as we read the story on, these soldiers come and God says, bring blindness upon them. And all the soldiers go blind. And Elisha then is able to lead them away. God's protection. You know, I've heard some fascinating stories of how God protects. One story that I heard, and, and, and I marvel at this, and I don't know her name, but a young lady got off a train this one night, and as she had to go down under the underpass, there was a young guy walking up and down and he didn't look really good. So as she's going down, she says, God, protect me. Please protect me. And she comes down past this guy and the guy says, hello, and off she goes. But she finds out the next morning that that same guy attacked the next woman that came and raped her. And somehow or other she was able to speak to this young guy and she said, I came past you and you didn't touch me. Why? He said, touch you with those two strong men sitting by you? 
two angels came and protected her. Unseen to her, but she prayed and she believed. Faith is knowing that God is there always and he will protect us. And the third one is knowing that all things work together for good to those who love God. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. But you might say that in a situation sometimes that I can't see how God's going to work in that. Let me give you an illustration from my own life. When I was around three, my mother and father were divorced, so I never knew a father. I grew up without having a father in the household. I got older brothers, so my oldest brother became like a father to us. I had a younger sister. And when, we, when I reached the age of 14, mum died. So now I haven't got a father, I haven't got a mother, and I've got a brother who's trying to be a mother and a father to us. I never really questioned that, but that's, that's how we grew up. I guess I said, well, that's what happens. But years later, when I became a prison chaplain, the number of guys that I've rubbed shoulders with who would say things like, well, I'm only here because I never knew my father and no one guided me. I could say, well, I could help them. You know, I grew up without a father as well. And my heavenly father was there to help me and he can do the same for you. Or others would say, well, you don't understand. You know, I lost my mum when I was only a teenager. I said, yes, I've been there. All things work together for good. Not that God wanted to try and punish us and say, well, you're going to go through this. No, that's not the situation. But God can use the bad, the horrific, the tragic things to bring good out of it if we allow him to. All things work together for good. And that's the shield. The shield of faith. Knowing, one, God will never leave us. Two, that he will protect us. Three, that we know that all things are going to work together for good. And I could go on and on naming other things, but let's just move on. Satan wants us to think about these three things, and I want us just to look at these. The first thing that Satan wants us to do is to think that God doesn't care or understand. Have you ever felt like that in your Christian life? Things are going bad, sickness comes, tragedy comes, and you think, well, God, do you really understand? Do you really care? And Satan will try and get through that shield of faith to put that in your mind. That's what happened in the garden of Adam and Eve. God said you can have every piece of every fruit of every tree except one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you touch that, you're going to die. And, God, and Satan comes and says, God's holding out on you. You know, if you eat that fruit, you will be like God. Fancy God not telling you that. And so they ate and they failed. How often does Satan come against you and me and tries to put that type of thought into our mind? Try and do it. Try and think that God doesn't care. The second one is that trying to resolve our own situations and circumstances. You know, Johnny Cash sang, wrote a song, I did it my way. Probably heard the song. And that's not the way that God wants us to do it. You see, what, what God really wants us to do is to focus in on him. And he wants to try and distract us 
and to look at other things and other circumstances, other situations. I'm reminded of Peter yet again. Here's Peter in the boat and, and Jesus comes walking on the water. Now I must take it off to Peter. No one else did what Peter did. And Peter said, if it's you, Jesus, let me come walking on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter gets out of the boat and he starts to walk on the water. Don't try it, it doesn't work. And here he is, walking on the water, looking at Jesus. But suddenly he was distracted. He felt the wind. He looked down and he saw the waves. And boom, down he went. And you see, Satan will try and distract us so that our shield of faith won't work. We will look at ways that we can try and do it ourselves. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Lean not upon your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he then will direct your path. If he can divert us, if we can look at that or look at this, then he's got a way of getting around the shield of faith. And the third thing is that try and run away from the whole situation. Ever done that? I think I've often had and other times I wish I could because of situations. And I've got Jonah up there. Remember old Jonah? God came to Jonah and said, Jonah, I want you to go down to the city of Nineveh and I want you to tell them from, turn from their wicked ways. And if they don't, I'm going to destroy them. But if they do, I'll forgive them. The city of Nineveh was a wicked, wicked city. And if they took you prisoner, they could skin you alive. They could do things and horrific things. And Jonah knew that. And he thought, well, you know, if I don't go, God will have to carry out this punishment. I think that's part of the thinking. And so we're told he goes down, in, in, he gets into a boat and he goes the opposite direction. Instead of going to Nineveh, he goes over to Joppa. And of course you know the story, don't you? He gets right down the bottom of the boat, thinking he can run away from God, thinking that everything's okay. But of course God could see him. Long and short of the story, he's eventually thrown overboard, swallowed by a big fish. There's a calm in the water. Even the sailors now have come to know Jonah's God because this God is pretty big. He can do that. And eventually Jonah is, after three days, fancy being three days in a fish's belly. Can you imagine that? I told this story at school and I was trying to describe it and the kids are going, ooh, yuck. But then this big fish vomits him up. And now he goes down to Nineveh and the people repent. You can't run away from God. But the enemy will try and make us or encourage us to run away so we don't face up. You see, no soldier goes into battle ready to run away. They go to fight. And we've now got the, the, this armour on. We've got the belt of truth. We know who we are in Christ. We've got the breastplate. We know we're upright in God. We've got the shoes. We've got the peace of God. And now we've got the shield of faith. And we can go forward knowing that God is going to be with us. He's never going to desert us. We know that he's going to protect us. Wow. But we're going to look after this, field, this, this faith, this shield. How do we look after 
the shield of faith. I told you right at the beginning, the Roman soldier did two things. The first thing, he would rub the shield every morning with oil to protect it, to protect it, to protect it. If he didn't, it would dry out and would be useless. So we need to come and have oil our lives. In other words, we need to come and allow the Holy Spirit to oil us every day. In other words, we need to come into his presence. We can't expect to go out and fight the battle of faith if our shield is not preserved and filled with the oil of faith in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. How can we go out there and do the thing that God wants us to do if our shield is dried out and cracking and, being, and breaking up? So we need to keep oiling it. We need to keep coming saying, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Holy Spirit, guide me. That's the reference we had before from Proverbs. Don't try and do it our own way. He will teach us. He will guide us if we spend time with him. So we need to oil it. But the other thing is that we've got to Soak it in water. The Roman soldier soaked his shield in water before the battle. And so we also need to soak ourselves in the word of God. How can we be the people of God that he wants us to be if one, we're not oiled by the Holy Spirit and two, if we aren't saturated in this? We need to spend time with God. We need to be saturated in this. You know, the temptations that we have of Jesus in the, in the scriptures, you know, when he's out there 40 days without food and, and Satan comes and, and tests him, what's he do? He quotes the scripture. He quotes the scripture. How can we, if we go into that time of spiritual battle, how can we really be the people of God if we aren't aware what God is saying in his word? That's ours. All ours. So we need to soak that shield of faith. We need to uh, keep that, that shield all moisted and, and, and saturated in the word and then we can go forward and we can know who God is. So I want to ask the question... What type of shape is your shield this morning? We've got the armour, we've put the belt on, we've put the breastplate on, we've put the shoes on, and now we're taking up the shield. What type of shield is yours? Is it dried out, cracking, breaking? Was it all oiled up, moist, ready for action? And have we saturated it in the Word? Do we know the Word of God? You see, the Holy Spirit's there to help us and to lead us and to guide us. But how can we do that unless our shield is already for battle? Now, that's four pieces of the armour. There's two more to go. And that's the helmet and the sword. And next week, same time, same place, we're going to hear about the next two pieces. It's exciting stuff, isn't it? It's all You can answer me. It's, it's, it's all exciting because it's all ours. And all we have to do is, is exercise faith and, and take it up and, and go forward into battle and we're going to be victorious. We're going to be victorious because Jesus was.
And we're not going to be distracted. We're not going to take our eyes off him. We're going to keep our eyes on him and we're going to walk with him each step of the way. I just want to make sure there's nothing more. Okay. The shield of faith. It works. Faith being the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that hope is not, I hope this is going to work, but I know because I know because I know because I know. You see, I can go out, as I used it before, I can go out to my car, which is sitting out there on the road. I know that I could go out there and I can put the key in the ignition and I'm going to say, you know, I, I, I know. I've got a license in my pocket and, and I know I can drive this car. And you could come past this afternoon when you come back for the four o'clock service and I could be still sitting there saying, I, I know this is going to work. But it's useless because I haven't put it into action. Faith is putting that hope, that knowledge into action and doing it. So next time you turn your TV on, you say, hey, I'm exercising faith. Next time you start your car, I'm exercising faith. You know, I grew up in a, in a church where it was an old army hut and the old seats were old army seats and some of the seats you had to be really cautious before you sat on them and you had to check underneath to make sure all the screws were in place. Every one of you this morning sat down and didn't even check to see if I didn't take the screws out. I didn't, but you acted in faith. That's what faith is. Knowing because I know, because I know, because I know. So now you've got to put on the belt, you've got to put on the breastplate, you've got to put on the shoes, and now you've got to pick up the shield. So you can go into battle, and next week we'll find out about the next two parts of that equipment. Let's come before God in prayer.